0: just wanted to give a small heads up for the first couple minutes my computer did not record sean's audio but i was able to adjust it and fix it for most of the interview so i will provide his answers you'll just hear me providing sean's answers and then eventually you will hear what sean did have to say apologies for that it's always a work in progress good afternoon good evening good morning or whenever you happen to be listening to this welcome to the film realist podcast the film and tv tv podcast from a complete nobody that's hopefully for somebody there is a change today because i have a somebody now he may not be verified on twitter i don't know if that's a sore spot but i am fortunate to be joined by sean o'connell the managing editor of cinema blend thank you for being on the show sean would ask if i knew anybody on twitter who could help him out with that I know the new one is coming. I'm very much looking forward. And I'm happy this new book is hardcover. You're stepping up in the world, Sean. Sean would go on to say in a more eloquent way that when you are printing a book, that the publisher considers how popular the book may be and how popular the subject matter of the book would be. And that determines whether it's paperback or hardcover. I'm very lucky to be chatting with Sean today about... His upcoming book, With Great Power, How Spider-Man Conquered Hollywood During the Golden Age of Comic Book Blockbusters. Now, I got through that. I practiced before we were uh, we jumped on the call today. One thing I have to all of your titles are so long. (laughs) If you are not watching live on Twitch, that's you're missing out I usually have a prop for each episode the prop for today's episode is Sean's first book which is release the Snyder Cut the crazy true story behind the fight that saved Zack Snyder's Justice League well I know you've listed it on your bio no way home again if you're watching I'm wearing my no way home t-shirt thank you I had to order it from the States because up in Canada we don't get the same fun t-shirts it's uh, I have it's not because it needs to be wool lined it's it's just a t-shirt all right, so I read your bio, as I uh, mentioned before, jumping onto the call. You joined Cinema Blend in 2001 and have worked your way up to managing editor. And my first question is, between podcasting, real blend, shout out, managing any junket opportunities or interviews, and you have two children of your own and the occasional set visit, you're on your second book now, but what I want to know is, I have two children. Now they're, they're much younger. They're both under five. How did you find the time to write a book? Sean would say that I will eventually find this out that as your kids get older, you wind up having more free time. And in the midst of a pandemic, it gave you an opportunity to work on something like your first novel.
1: I'm just lucky now that my family has accepted the fact that I'm going to disappear for a couple hours because i have an idea in my head and my wife understands me more than anybody which is i'm so appreciative of is that if i have an idea for the way that a certain chapter should go she knows that i'm going to be useless until i can sit down and get it out to a certain extent um and i'll come back around you know and then i'll I'll be active and uh, you know hanging out with the kids and cooking and doing all that thing but then like around nine o'clock, I'm like, I'm going to go upstairs and, and write a little bit more. And, and it's little by little, it all comes together. But it's really, it's finding those moments when you can just, creative inspiration hits you and you have to be able to sort of be ready to dive back in and, and start shaping things because you never know when it's going to come.
0: Yes. Yeah, so you're on book two. Now, the book officially doesn't come out until November 1st. I may or may not be getting an early copy, so then I can say what I think about the book. But if it's anything like the first one, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Now, obviously writing significantly about the 21st century is full of the peak of comic book films. I would say under, if you asked most people, obviously there are those foundational films such as the original Superman film and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. out of all the canon of superheroes, what was your first exposure to comic books like was it a television series was it a film or was it the good old paper books
1: yeah that's a good question um because i know growing up like as the as a youngest the earliest i can remember i was watching the 1960s spider-man uh animated series um i had a thousand spider-man toys and i had a there was a there was a device called a hippity hop and um it was like it, it had a I don't know how to describe it. It was like a big ball that you bounced around on and I with rode a stick? that with a stick, but the stick um was Spider-Man's head with sticks coming out of his head and those were the handles, mm-hmm. right? And like legitimately for 2 years I rode that more than I walked, which was weird. I I am not quite sure what that means, but I had that toy from an early age. That led to finding comic books um and around that time spider-man was uh, a recurring character on a show here in the states called the electric company i'm not sure if you're familiar with what that is (laughs) a little bit yes he would have live action segments um where he fought different people and uh i don't know i just always loved him as a character and then so once i found comics uh, i would collect those on the regular and that becomes an expensive hobby after a while but i maintained that all the way through high school so that was always my exposure
0: you answered one of my questions. My my other question. So I, I guess I don't have to ask you when your first exposure to Spider-Man was. Mine was an early morning episode of Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. So not Terrific, the '60s with... show that came after. I believe yeah, they had Man, the same voice actor. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, they might have. They might have.
0: I, I think so. Well, and then he had an appearance in obviously uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I've seen you talk about this on Twitter a fair bit since the release of No Way Home. You love the final suit.
1: That, oh, yes So, but here's my question for you sean <laughs> yes i do yeah
0: i think the concept of it is great i remember seeing you tweet about like what if this happens <laughs> i believe you made the definitive statement on your favorite suit before we had been given the official photo and i want to yeah. know how that's possible because it was so poorly lit in the snow
1: <laughs> yeah But how did I know that it was going to look like that? Because I just felt I had no prior knowledge Mm -hmm. going into No Way Home. I legitimately did not know how that movie was going to end. I legitimately did not know how he was going to end up in that suit. Mm -hmm. But to me, because he'd been through so many iterations of the suit, and the suit is so important to fans um, that the homecoming suit, uh, got a lot of flack for being infused with stark AI, essentially. And that doesn't belong to Spider Man. Like, he should be, you know, doing his homemade suit. Even when he got his homemade suit in in uh, Homecoming, it was a mixture of like a sweatshirt, you know, and the bad goggles. And I was like, well, that's not it.
0: Well, it was a bit more Ben Riley inspired, I think, than anything else.
1: 100%. And I, lo- I love it. I do love that suit, but it's not a traditional, I made this with a, with a, um, lycra and
0: a sewing machine
1: a sewing machine is what i was going for i wanted to say toaster i have no idea why i want to say toaster
0: i mean you can Um, use heat to like to my wife's quite crafty you need that for the (laughs)
1: seams yeah so then even i love the black and red from the end of far from home but again it's stark it's stark tech you've got to build it on the ship and you know happy helped him and it wasn't quite it so the reason why i love the design of the last one is is partially because it looks so comic accurate. Like, it, it really is. It's it's as close... Like, I thought the homecoming suit was comic accurate, if not for all the the AI that's inside of it. It's it's the closest to comic accurate, even though you're right, we can't see it great. I, I wish we had one great shot of it, right? But the fact that he made it in his home where he's now by himself, and he's, he's lost everybody, and it's like he's still going to go out and fight, and he's going to use the little police scanner, and these are all the elements that are core to spider-man for me and i don't begrudge marvel of how they brought tom holland in they had to factor him into a world where all of these avengers existed but it's now like now at the end of those three movies we are where i think he should be and so that suit to me represents him ending a chapter and starting a chapter and i kind of love it for that reason
0: yeah it definitely feels more akin at least in terms of the adaptations of spider-man the ending of no way home is certainly closer to the vibe and tone of the other five films at that point so we've talked a bunch about the other films so i've this is kind of a two-part question so of the three spider-men which Mm -hmm. peter is your favorite
1: and then um okay go ahead are you going to ask me like which one which peter and which spider-man that is what i was going to ask yes all right, so um Garfield if they don't separate,
0: my- that's fine. like if you're like you know they've done both of these people have done like this one person did it, this is the version. that's you don't have to separate if if that's not how you no, feel I about totally it. understand.
1: No, but I do feel differently about them. um and and again, i'm gonna I'm gonna specify up front that I legitimately love all three of them, but if we're gonna nitpick, um I love Andrews Peter more than um the other two uh because i felt like he got to do something different with peter toby was a very traditional lee and Ditko interpretation of peter um, a 60s
0: version of a nerd
1: 100% and tom is doing a peter that works really well inside of the mcu but they've tweaked his origins enough that i um i have not issues right but andrew got to do a different peter That worked really well in the type of movie that they wanted to tell, especially the first one, especially an amazing Spider-Man, where he's not quite a nerd. He's a little bit more edgy. You know, he's a little bit more of a punk um, and it fit the type of Spider-Man he was going to be. And uh, first off, I think Garfield is probably the best actor of the three. Um, And then when he connects with uh, Emma Stone, it's just unlike any of the the pairings in the other you know uh three in the in the in the three different uh franchises and i think that that's so integral to to peter is like his his heart is always on his sleeve and he's always crushing on some girl um and i thought that when they had to spin it on on his peter and captain stacy had to say leave her out of it you know it wasn't a it wasn't a drastic ask It really Mm -hmm. was like, hey, your life is dangerous and it's going to get more dangerous. Leave her out of it. If you really love her, leave her out of it. And that's a great Peter story. Like, that's a terrific Peter story. And Mm -hmm. I don't think Tom got a sacrifice like that. I don't think Tom had to really, you know, Far From Home became a a lark, you know, a sort of overseas trip that dealt with, like, Nick Fury and the Elementals and all that jazz. I I think Andrew got to play Peter Uh, in a way that, like, the other guys didn't get to do. And Mm -hmm. for that reason, he's my favorite. Favorite Spider-Man? My favorite Spider-Man is Tom. When he's in the suit, whether it's in Civil War, uh, whether he's cracking jokes in Homecoming, whether it's uh, him lifting the rubble, you know, in a homage to the final chapter, um, and just fighting the vulture on the edge of the, the plane, like, he's the quippiest legitimate uh spider-man and i think he looks fantastic i think that in in marvel's hands they capture comic accurate like panel worthy movements um like i'll go back and watch the civil war fight where he fights um falcon and bucky in the airport over and over again because it's like the first time that we're seeing mcu spider-man fight people and i'm just like god the 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 physicality of it is perfect it's exactly what i want it to be you know mm-hmm. it's so so i love his spider man and uh and i think he's just outstanding God. the swing through the staten island ferry where he's webbing up all the different pieces of it and you know almost gets it 99 <laughs> yeah it's so close but uh it's that's such a magnificent uh physical representation of what spider-man can do
0: for sure that was a great answer um so i i obviously i've mentioned the first book because this i've read it listened to the audiobook and we've talked on twitter about who i thought would be the uh the perfect audiobook narrator for that i'm not going to get into what that but we
1: what did you say we talked about
0: I, I, I uh so josh keaton who was the voice oh, in the spectacular yes. spider-man which of all yes. the spider-man media that's my favorite spider-man anything Sure. Which I I see that. It's not really shocking if you look into who's involved. Greg Weisman, who produced it, was also responsible for Gargoyle's uh Spectacular Spider-Man and Young Justice. So he does yes. things with comic book characters and even original characters that are my favorite.
1: So, wait, re- can I throw out who my legitimate favorite Spider-Man is though? Sure, absolutely. It's going to sound weird. Have I have I ever told you this? Have we ever had this I don't discussion? believe
0: so. No, I don't think so.
1: Chris Pine's Spider-Man in Into the Spider-Verse? The Spider-Verse? is my favorite like his banter with a giant norman osborne is gold it's just gold it's like the funniest stuff spider-man has been able to say and he has that exasperated you know i'm exhausted mm-hmm. uh even when he's fighting prowler and he's just like are you mad at me i feel like you're mad at me like it's his delivery is fantastic it's and fantastic. he sings
0: christmas carols Andy's, Andy sings Christmas does. carols. Spidey Bells <laughs> is in my, my wife loves Christmas and Spidey Bells. I said is a mandatory addition to that Apple playlist. <laughs> the, uh, the reason I brought up the, your Snyder cut book film is mm-hmm. we, as you mentioned in the beginning that I'm sure the ending of that book was constantly changing with what was going on over the last two to three years, th- I guess three plus years now. Sure. So what in your approach to with great power, did it give you some semblance of nodding, ex- calm? Like, were you calmer going into it knowing that, at minimum, we knew we were getting No Way Home? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. right? And I don't know if the book does touch on the the Into the Spider-Verse films. I'm assuming more live action. That's just my assumption. So knowing we were going to get this penultimate Spider-Man endgame, for pun intended, film, sure. Was did that make approaching a conclusion of this story easier
1: it did um because i had to kind of accept the fact that i was never going to reach closure because spider-man movies are going to keep coming right mm-hmm. um and i i I did figure we were going to build all the way up through to no way home i adjusted when i realized to the full extent of what no way home was going to be because you have to remember i started writing this long before uh any confirmation of the other two spider-men being in it you know and so that as it was happening similar to when the Snyder cut got announced that it was coming out, I was like, Oh, this is a really strong closure. Now this is the movie that represents the three generation of Spider-Man coming together. It's the, the thesis of the book, essentially, you know, like Mm -hmm. putting them together in a movie that then ended up becoming the film that like returned most audiences back from the pandemic, you know, and, and set records and became Sony's highest grossing film. Like, if if my point of the book was that if this is the golden age of Spider-Man uh, of comic book movies and spider mans the most popular, No Way Home became the test case that said like, yeah, he really is. Like, look at all that he's been able to accomplish by dipping into his history. Um, so that was, again, fortuitous in a way that the um, release of Snyder Cut one was that that movie started coming out. Uh, I do touch on Into the Spider-Verse and I do ho- I have a whole chapter about the formation of that, and and I really wanted to build towards their Oscar win because, again, an Oscar win for a character like Spider-Man elevates him above some of, uh, some of the other characters in the field. Like, there have been technical wins for for Batman and Superman, and you know, uh, but for Spider-Man to win in an animated category for for something that, as groundbreaking as that,
0: which Disney and Pixar have essentially won everything since that category
1: was it created. Absolutely, and it it tickled me to no end to see Avi Arad go up on stage at the Oscars with a Spider-Man, you know, stocking cap on. That's great. That <laughs> just made me laugh so hard. If that picture's so,
0: not in his office, I think he missed that opportunity.
1: Oh, uh, apparently Lord Miller say that you can't go anywhere in Avi's home or office where you're not inundated with some type of merchandise because he has nice. such a toy background. Absolutely. Um so he he loads himself up with that stuff. So yes, I did know that there was going to be some form of closure that at least teased out, because I do, not only do I talk about Into the Spider-Verse and that universe uh, in the book, but I also get into all of the Sony films that are not connected to Spider-Man and the success of Venom. And I hadn't seen Morbius by the time I had to turn in the book, but I mentioned that it was coming, mentioned Craven, talked about Madam Web, um, and you know who knows where else those movies are going to go, and then sort of painted it as... Maybe we're going to get a point where where Sony brings Spider-Man back, and and inserts him into this universe that they're building. Um, I have I have interviews in the book with um, Tom Rothman, who's the um, president of Sony Pictures, and then Sanford Pinich who's his second in command, who has really taken over the Spider-Verse um, universe there at Sony, and he swears up and down that there's a plan. Um, you know, <laughs> hmm. When it gets revealed, is <laughs> uh. anyone's guess. And I'm sure that neither of us thought that El Muerto uh, was going to be part of that plan, but it's coming uh, apparently. And, um, and it we'll certainly
0: see. is. Um, <laughs> all right. I know I don't have much more of your time. So you have already announced your third book, and you were in the process, process of writing that. So Unbreakable, Bruce Willis's enduring legacy on film. So I know you're working on that one. I wanted to say thank that, you. That's for... short.
1: That's a short title, right? That's short. It's enough.
0: It's, it's it's my uh, it's missing four less words you're just if it if you could put in the titles of books into scrabble if that's not a game it should be because yeah, i think your I books would win um last question before um i let you go so i read that you play three instruments which i'm incredibly jealous of because i can play nothing uh guitar hero does not count and that you're in a garage band is your garage band name spider-man related
1: no it is not
0: you're not like it the
1: web not. heads or something the friendly hood neighbors <laughs> no, no 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 they would never let me get away with that um the, that's inserting too much of my personality into, the, <laughs> into there's no the spider punk neighbor. jacket well i won't say that there isn't going to be a <laughs> spider punk jacket at some point if there's... there's official merchandise tied to that character when across the spider verse comes out i will own it and i will definitely, definitely wear it during a show <laughs>
0: that's awesome uh thank you very much for uh sean for uh spending your time on this little little show i'm really looking forward to the book and you will be the first to know when
1: i have finished it kyle i can't thank you enough for having me on man honestly this was great i really enjoyed it
0: Wanted to say thank you again to Sean for being on the show. That will conclude episode 12. Next week's episode will be a review of Black Adam with another special guest, Stephen Colbert of ScreenRant.com as well as Snyderminute.com. You can pre-order Sean's book on, I believe, all international Amazons and it comes out November 1st. I'll see you next time.